Welcome back to Kindly Gifted Season 4. I am so excited to have you along for the ride. No matter how it is that you tell your story, whether it's through your personality and influence or through your business and products, you have me in your pocket as your creative director on Speed Dial. Season four is filled with even more deep dives of how our favorite brands have built their success, how our favorite public figures and people of influence have built their personal brands, and also more insight from incredible guest experts to join me in having these powerful discussions. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in and supporting the show. And let's get into this episode, shall we? Thank you so much for taking this show to 16,000 plus streams in just a short period of time. I am forever grateful. Our next goal for Kindly Gifted is to dominate these motherfucking charts. And for that, I need your help. If you could do me a quick favor and click follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening on and drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, that would greatly help us climb the charts because transparently speaking, that's the only way that we can do it. I need you to click follow, click subscribe, and again, drop a quick rating of what you think of the show and let's get us to number one. Thank you again so much and tune into the episode. No one gives a fuck about your product. Like if you were to look at the world's most beloved brands, they don't talk about what the technical aspects of their products do. They highlight why you should care. So for instance, Nike knows you don't care about what leather they use, but they know you want to feel like a winner. So that's how they speak to you. They've named their entire brand after Nike, the ancient Greek goddess of victory, crafted their punchy just do it slogan, designed the swoosh, which still blows my mind that Carolyn Davidson designed that swoosh for only $35. Like, girl. <laughs> wow. Um, the swoosh was designed to mimic the goddess's wing and also kind of holds a duality as like a check off your to-do list or like a check off your goals list, whatever. Basically communicating that you accomplished something. And all three of these aspects subconsciously communicate to you that when you wear Nike, you're a winner. And if you want to win, you've got to just do it mic drop. Just kidding. We're going to continue. Um, <laughs> another example is Fenty Skin, right? Fenty Skin knows you don't care that their eye cream has Kalahari Melon and Sodium Hyaluronate. They know that you want your skin to feel hydrated, soft, bright, youthful. Maybe you want to look like Rihanna. I do. Okay. No shame. So they create marketing that speaks to an audience of Rihanna fans who want her skincare secrets. All of this to say that it's not the product, it's how the product makes people feel. So much so that Forerunner Ventures, which is a leading VC firm, having invested in brands like Away, Ritual, Glossier, they created something they call the Friend Framework, which outlines six core elements that they believe fuel brand impact and ultimately make a brand lucrative to an investor. Friend is an acronym every letter stands for something and they very intentionally called it friend, which I'm hoping you will see. You'll probably see by the time we get to the first letter. <laughs> so let's run through this. Okay. F is for feelings. So the brand has an emotional resonance and connection with its audience for a myriad of reasons. The brand and its products or services strike some sort of chord and people feel inspired by them. And examples of brands that do a really great job of connecting with their audience 
according to Forerunner Ventures, are Disney Pixar, Etsy, Pinterest. They resonate with the people that it's for. Etsy especially, like maybe not now, but when Etsy first started, that was their whole premise is like, this is a brand for makers. And it was like very, it was like a homey place. It was like a community of people making things and, and whatnot. Now I think they're very much trying to compete with Amazon. Um, but when the brand was founded, like that was the whole story. It was meant to be this like community of people making things and a community of shoppers that appreciated differentiated items. So F is for feelings. R is for reliability. This is when the brand consistently and reliably delivers on its promises and people give them credit for it. So This includes when brands follow through on their values, even when it's uncomfortable or inconvenient for the brand. Examples that Forerunner Ventures lists are the Home Depot, Google, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's 100%. Like, I don't even have to think about it. Like, yes, this is a brand that has values and are consistently delivering on those values, hence building a very reliable brand presence. Okay. The third one is I. I is for identity. So the brand has a very distinct visual identity, voice, and overall experience, and its collective identity draws a clear community of supporters towards it. So examples that they include are Apple, YouTube, Lululemon. 100%. If you can immediately picture a like an Apple user, a YouTuber, and like a Lululemon you know, shopper, that means a brand has a very clear identity built around it. And that then creates like cultural conversations and memes and stereotypes, all of that generating essentially word of mouth marketing and press and da 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 right? And like community, you know, this is for so-and-so, it's not for so-and-so, right? Like Apple is for storytellers, like that's kind of how they're posi- trying to position themselves in the market for instance. So like it's a creative tool as opposed to like just a phone, right? So E going into the fourth letter, E is for experience, meaning that the brand has a thoughtful and consistent way of expressing its values through its actions and the entire customer experience. Examples of brands they included were Airbnb, Peloton, Sephora which I would 100% agree with. Airbnb, yes. Peloton, yes. Sephora, yes. I would even add Starbucks in there, which I know some people will disagree with. We talked about this in an earlier episode, but um, Starbucks is very much centered around its experience, arguably so much so that its experience is, is a product in and of itself. So based on how it's designed, I know it varies like location by location. Same with Sephora, same with like Airbnb and like whatever, but ultimately how the brand was built, like experience is a huge part of that. So I would probably include that one on the list as well. N, this is the second to last letter. N stands for North Star. So the brand has a very clear mission and vision for itself and its future. And it's communicated clearly to the brand's community. Examples that they've included are Whole Foods, AARP, and Patagonia. 100%. Like, I totally agree. I would even say, like, 
like I think out of the three for me Patagonia is like the most you hear that referenced all the time like especially in the marketing community if there's like you bring up the word North Star Patagonia comes up like right next to it the the second word right after North Star because it's so clear what they're trying to do so I agree there and then the last letter is D for differentiation. So the brand's products, services, and experience are special and stand out amongst its competitors. Examples included here are Tesla, Ikea, Dyson, which I would agree with very much so. Um, varying levels of innovation, you know, from technicalities to like experience um, to how that is then communicated to the consumer. So I would agree with those. I, I think the one that's very interesting here and like maybe out of the box is Ikea. Um, Tesla and Dyson are like very, like you can figure out what their differentiators are almost immediately. Ikea's differentiator is really very much in their like shopping experience. Um, and also in the accessibility of furniture, which is like more often than not pretty expensive product, right? So it's like the affordability and the price point differentiation, but also the experience. You go into an Ikea, bitch, it's a maze. Like a good luck getting out, okay? Unless you crack the code. Um, and that was designed very much on purpose. Um, so that to me is like a, a more differentiated shopping experience than going to like a, a regular furniture store. So the point is that like, author Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And that essentially means that you need to dive deep into understanding what your people want, what's currently on the market to fulfill like their needs and desires, how you can delight them on what is currently already available, right? That's basically where innovation happens. You're not like creating something nobody has ever seen before because then there are other questions that arise like, well, do we even need this if nobody's bothering creating it besides you, right? It's looking at the market, figuring out how people are currently filling those voids and needs, and then finding opportunities on how you can delight them with your solution. Um, understanding how people currently buy, which is consumer psychologies, um, sales psychology, but ultimately also even before that, we talked in an earlier episode, um, about human behavior in general, not necessarily related directly to purchasing behavior. And then ultimately how they want to feel when they use a product like yours. Like what is the ultimate goal? Do they want to uh, experience convenience? Do they want to find community? Do they want to feel confident? Like what is the end goal in terms of feeling here? But I thought I'd share this because um, seeing a VC firm like prioritize very emotional factors um, as as to like what builds brand impact um, is a different level of emphasis, I think, on some of these things. Like you'll hear marketers talk about this, but the minute like a VC firm is like, yeah, retweet, that's when people really start listening. Um, and I think oftentimes, especially like you it may be easy to assume that if you're looking for investors or if you're looking for a vc firm to invest in something um or even an angel that like you need to captivate them with the technicalities of your product i think that's kind of like maybe first thought especially from people who have never gathered funding before or who have never had to pitch for anything before um but 
when you really get into it, it's it's really about connecting emotionally and also seeing how your brand is already connecting on an emotional level. So I highly recommend checking out this this friend um, uh, friend framework that Forerunner Ventures created. I'll link it in the description below. It's just something I found. I thought it was interesting to share. And also they do have something they call the power score. I'm currently on their website right now where you can like rate um basically send out if you have an existing brand basically send out like some sort of survey and how to frame that so that you can see where your customers or your users where they fall on the friend framework they have like a certain percentage that they want kind of to see from brands so i'll link all that information below i just thought it was really interesting and captivating um and hopefully this helps that you understand that like where you innovate is on an emotional level not just necessarily on a technical level because when basically when any type of product starts it all starts with the founder had this problem the founder felt blank about this problem so thus they created insert their brand here like that's literally how all these fucking stories start and they start that way for a reason not because everybody's reading the same script um so I'll link all this information below so you can check it out. Maybe like send a survey to some of your customers or users. Um, engage where you fall on the brand power score scale. How much of a friend does your consumer user find in your company? If you're listening to this, it means you've reached the end. And I'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of Kindly Gifted. If you don't mind to give this show your honest rating and review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And click follow or subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you want to chat about what you just heard in this episode, I'm all ears. You can find me on Instagram at Katarina Tarantiva or on TikTok with the same handle. And I'll link both of them in the show notes below. If you want to chat with me one-on-one or maybe get some accessible resources on how it is that you can create invigorating marketing for your brand or develop your personal presence online as a person of influence, check out my stand store. I'll also link that in the show notes and there's more goodies coming your way. So don't forget to bookmark the link as well. Anyways, that's my spiel and I'll see you in the next episode.